0: Hello and welcome to The Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 3, Episode 23, Mixed Blessings. This episode originally aired on March 19th of 1988, so what other interesting historical events have transpired on March the 19th? Well, in 1279, a Mongolian victory at the Naval Battle of Yamen ends the Song Dynasty in China. In 1812, the first Spanish constitution is enacted, one of the earliest constitutions ever promulgated. In 1831, the first bank robbery in the United States, the City Bank in New York, is robbed of $245,000, which by inflation would be a little under uh, $5.8 million today. Wow. Uh, in 1918, United States Congress authorizes the implementation of time zones as well as daylight savings time. In 1971, a massive NBA margin is set when Philadelphia outscores Cincinnati by a score of 90 to 8 in a single half. In 1991, Brett Hull becomes the third NHL player to score 80 goals in a season. In 1994, here's our weird history of the day. uh, The world's largest omelet uh, covering 1,383 square feet is made with 160,000 eggs in Yokohama, Japan. In our most recent event on March 19th of 2019, Kazakhstan's President Nursultan Nazarbayev announces his resignation after nearly 30 years in office. He was the last USSR-era head of state still in power. Uh, so, that is our history lesson of the day. So, what... Why don't you tell us what transpired in this marriage-filled edition of The Golden Girls? Marriage-filled, huh? Yeah, sure. Why not? Scene one. (laughs)
1: A lot of fighting in this one. Scene one. We're in the living room. Dorothy's on the couch. Blanche enters from the front door. Then Rose enters. And those two are trying to lose weight and get in shape because the Harlan twins have asked them to cruise with them in the Bahamas next week. We hear a car horn and Sophia comes out and she is off to Epcot. Rose and Blanche need to take their measurements and the doorbell rings and it's Dorothy's son, Michael. He says he's getting married. He's marrying Lorraine who sings in his band. She's coming over tomorrow. Michael tells the girls that Lorraine is kind of black and Dorothy is kind of shocked about that, but she is okay with it. Scene two, we're in the kitchen. Rose and Blanche working on Rose and her beauty treatment. Dorothy enters. They talk about Lorraine's family coming and how nervous they are. They go out to the living room and continue that talk. Doorbell rings and it appears to be Lorraine's mother. But it is really Lorraine. She is a bit older than Michael. Dorothy wants the others to leave so she can talk to Michael. Dorothy isn't too happy about the age difference. And Michael leaves to Sophia's room. Scene three, we're in the kitchen. The three girls around the table. Blanche reminds us that she almost lost Becky due to her interfering. And then Rose tells us a story. About the same thing happened to the Vic Botters back in St. Olaf. You see, Gretchen had this thing for Buddy, but Mr. Vic Botter didn't approve. He did his best to keep them apart. But one day he came home early and he found Gretchen and Buddy. And how will she set a most indelicate situation? Yeah. He yelled at them to stop, but they wouldn't. So he turned the hose on them. And they were in the front yard. Yes. Dorothy, wait, wait. Dorothy wants them to wait a minute. Uh, She asked Rose, uh, was Buddy and Gretchen, they weren't people, were they? And Rose, of course, they weren't. They were dogs. Gretchen was a Dalmatian and Buddy was a schnauzer. And Mr. Vic Botter wasn't too happy when he ended up with a litter of schnalmations. That's a good word. Blanche speaks and says, You know, Rose, sometimes she really would wish that somebody had turned the hose on Rose's parents. Uh, Lorraine enters from the kitchen, and Rose and Blanche leave to try on their bathing suits. Uh, Lorraine and Dorothy try to have small talk for a bit, but they have to talk about the wedding a little. Lorraine then talks about her first marriage and she makes great sense to Dorothy. So Lorraine then leaves. Scene four, we're in the living room with Dorothy and Michael still talking about the age difference. Michael leaves and the doorbell rings and it is Lorraine's family. They mistake Dorothy for the housekeeper. Um, Then Blanche and Rose come out of the kitchen with mud on their faces. All very funny here. Michael comes out. And Lorraine's family is very surprised that he is white. Scene five, we're in the living room. Still, they all talk about this wedding. And Sophia chooses this moment to enter the scene. Quite a few laughs. She thinks it is a revival of Raisin in the Sun. They continue fighting. Michael says he doesn't care what they all think. He is marrying Lorraine. Scene six, we're in the living room. Dorothy and Rose and Blanche talk more about the situation. Doorbell rings and it's Lorraine's family again. They actually get along this time. Yes, they decide they need to talk in the kitchen over cheesecake. So scene seven, we're in that kitchen. They've eaten the the cheesecake. Sophia enters, they talk, and everybody is getting along. And then Rose spills the beans that Michael and Lorraine have eloped. They are heading to the all-night wedding chapel on Pompano Drive. They all decide to leave to go there. Yes. So scene eight, we're in the wedding chapel. The whole crowd is there, and we see Michael and Lorraine. We get more arguing, of course. Lorraine lets out that she is pregnant, and if the families don't stop arguing, they won't get to see their grandchild. Oh, things are a bit different now. Yet they decide to pretend that they are happy and will complain to anybody that will listen. Uh, They go off to get married, and this episode ends as Dorothy and Lorraine's mother argue about the name of the baby,
0: Lamar or Roger. (laughs) That's it. Well, uh, we have a few references throughout this one, of course, as well. Uh, Epcot, which is a theme park at... uh, Walt Disney World and Bay Lake, um, that is about, um, what's it about? Um, the, the celebration of human achievement oh. is what it says. Okay. Uh, Emilio Estevez, uh, who is an actor, director, and writer. Uh, so that's him. Um... We'll come back to this. That might take a while. Uh, The Cosby Show is an American TV sitcom uh, with Bill Cosby about uh, a family who lives in Brooklyn. Um, The Hot Towel Beauty Treatment uh, is pretty much, uh, from what I could tell, uh, there is some, like, minor benefits. It doesn't really do anything other than just kind of feel nice, but um, there is uh, some benefit uh, to, like, uh you know moisturizing and stuff like that with it but you know uh moving on to Sonny Bono uh who was a singer songwriter producer actor and later partnership who mostly came to fame in partnership with his second wife Cher as the popular singing duo Sonny and Cher later Uh, He was the mayor of Palm Springs, California from 1988 to 1992. And even later, the congressman for California's 44th district from 1995 to 1998. Mm -hmm. Uh, And is largely responsible for the Copyright Term Extension Act of 1998, which bears his name, uh, which extended the term of copyright 20 more years Uh, so, that's what he's helpful for, uh, you know. Um, ooh, we'll get back to that one, too, later. That'll take a while, as well. Uh, PAM is a cooking spray, uh, that is used as, you know, non-stick spray and whatnot, so your stuff, your baking and other cooking-related products don't stick to your pans and sheet pans and sheet cakes. Yes. Whatnot. Uh, mud masks, um... So uh, I was kind of looking up like kind of the benefits of mud masks. <laughs> um, so uh, it cleanses the face, apparently. It exfoliates as well, gives you nice nutrient boost, uh, is very helpful for detox treatments as well as uh, skin tightening results. If you're into that, any of that stuff, uh, it will benefit you in those ways if you want to. Uh, soul Train was an American music program that primarily featured performances by R&B, soul dance, and hip-hop artists, although funk, jazz, disco, and gospel artists also appeared every now and then throughout the show's run. Uh, Diana Ross is a, is a singer, actress, and record producer. Uh, do-do-do. A Raisin in the Sun is a play by Lorraine Hansberry that debuted on Broadway in 1959. Uh, it tells of a black family's experience in Clybourne Park, a fictionalized version of Washington Park in Chicago's Woodlawn neighborhood, as they attempt to improve their financial circumstances with an insurance payout following the death of the father of the family. Uh... The Good Humor Man, I thought this is what they uh, were. I wasn't quite sure what they meant. Um, so Good Humor is a was an ice cream brand in like the 50s. Uh-huh. Um, so The Good Humor Man is a 1950 film uh, that revolves around a good humor salesman becoming involved in a murder plot. Uh, no. <laughs> No, the
1: ice cream trucks that used to go around neighborhoods. and uh, Sophia just called that a good humor man, though. Um, I don't think they were really good humor trucks or anything. But I'm sure she was talking about the ice cream people that went around the neighborhood selling ice cream.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. We could tell, but it wasn't in your recap, so we'll have to not, not verify. I don't know. It was a film about an ice cream salesman who murder someone or something. Um, Abraham, Martin, and John is a 1968 song written by Dick Holler, great name, and first recorded by Dion, whoever that is. Um, It is a tribute to the memory of four assassinated Americans, uh, all icons of social change, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., John F. Kennedy, and Robert F. Kennedy, Two of the four seem to not be quite uh, as fitting as two others, but okay. Uh, um, So that's that. Um, Judgment at Nuremberg uh, is a 1961 American courtroom drama film uh, that is set in Nuremberg in 1948, depicts a fictionalized version of the 1947 trials for Nazi war criminals. Uh A and P, we've talked about many times, a defunct chain of grocery stores. Uh, Lillian Gish uh, was an American actress of the screen and stage as well as a director and writer. Her film acting career spanned 75 years from 1912 in Silent Shorts to 1987. is largely known as the First Lady of American cinema, credited with pioneering fundamental film acting techniques. Uh, She was a prominent film star from 1912 into the 20s, uh, particularly for her leading role in the highest grossing film of the silent era, D.W. Griffith's KKK propaganda piece, The Birth of a Nation. Uh, She later appeared in the controversial Western Duel in the Sun in 1946, as well as The Night of the Hunter in the 50s and did considerable TV work in the early 50s into the 80s, and in her later years became a dedicated advocate for the appreciation and preservation of silent film. So that is Lillian Gish. Ella Fitzgerald, an American jazz singer, sometimes referred to as the First Lady of Song or the Queen of Jazz Vocals. Uh, was noted for her purity of tone, impeccable diction, phrasing, intonation, and a horn-like improvisational ability, particularly in her scat singing performances. Okay. Uh, Martha and the Vandellas was an American all-female vocal group from the 60s. Uh, so, we'll talk about these next three things. So, firstly... <laughs> Uh, The history of interracial marriage in the United States. Um, So, interracial marriage in the U.S. has been legal in all U.S. states since uh, 1967 uh, with the Supreme Court decision, Loving v. Virginia, that deemed anti-miscegenation laws were unconstitutional. Uh, The proportion of interracial marriages as a proportion of all marriage in the U.S. has been increasing since such that 15% of all new marriages in the U.S. were interracial by 2010, compared to a low single-digit percentage in the mid-20th century. Uh, So that is uh, that pretty much. Um, Obviously, there's a lot other stuff we can look at if we want to, but we don't really need to, I don't think. Um, so then I tried to find, like, intergenerational marriage, like, stats or stuff like that. Yeah. The only thing I could find, um, is a Wikipedia page about age disparity in sexual relationships. So this is what we're going to have to go with. Okay. Um, so, um, now, uh, you know, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, uh, Age disparities are typically seen as rather, you know, making rather well sense. That was great grammar. Okay, what? Well, um, I... As making good sense uh, from a, you know, kind of historical and evolutionary standpoint uh, for kind of just, okay, one party is more, uh, you know, robust, I guess, in a health sense than yeah. the other. So, you know, whatnot. Um, so I don't know, uh, where I'm going with this, but, um, oh, here, here's a nice, here's a nice stat for us. So, uh, the countries with the largest marital age difference, uh, now you'll find a common theme through all of these countries, I think. So the countries that have the largest marital age differences in the modern world, uh, Gambia leads the way. Uh, the Republic of Congo, Burkina Faso, Mozambique, Montserrat, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, Senegal, Mauritania, Mali, Afghanistan, Guinea, Nauru, Côte d'Ivoire, Nigeria, Bangladesh, Cameroon, Liberia, Sudan, Niger, and Chad. All are the highest uh, countries with age in respect to age difference in marriage. So there are two very common things that you can find throughout all those countries. A, mostly all in Africa. Secondly, uh, most of those countries uh, do not have a law outlawing polygamous marriages Uh as well. Uh, So those are the two things that you could probably uh, attest to Uh, those things, and those are probably both tied together in some weird way if I wanted to look into, like, sociological trends, which I really don't care to at the moment about this topic in particular. Uh, (laughs) So, um, now, comparatively, in Western societies, such as the United States and parts of Europe, uh, there is a, uh, according to Wikipedia, a disturbing trend of smaller age gaps between spouses Uh, So, um, apparently that's not a good thing, which makes sense as well, I guess. Um, Now, a 2011 study suggested that age disparity in marriage is positively correlated with decreased longevity of those marriages. Um, So, then there's other stuff here we can talk about, like, the historical context for marriages in like ancient Greece and whatnot. Um, all this kind of weird stuff, if we cared to, but we'll skip out on that. Um, and then lastly, so the something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue mm. wedding tradition. Yes. So now the traditional rhyme goes uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a sixpence in your shoe. Uh, Now, this uh, rhyme originated in, of course, as most things of this nature do, Victorian-era England. Uh, In that time, uh, the something blue was typically a garter belt, and the blue, as well as the old items, protected the bride against the evil eye, which was a curse passed through a malicious glare that would be able to make the bride infertile. The something borrowed was preferably the undergarment of a woman who had already birthed children. Uh, Legend says that wearing this would confuse the evil eye into thinking the bride was already fertile and the curse would be thwarted. Yes. The something new, it doesn't explain what the point of it was in this weird, uh, you know, obviously driven out of christian fervor tradition here so um (laughs) i'm not sure what the point of it or the sixpence was but nonetheless so that's where that comes from uh at least and why it existed at that time i don't know why we still do it other than just why not it's an old thing so we have to keep with tradition junk you know like Uh that um so side characters we have boy six in this episode uh michael is played by scott jacoby Uh, who is known for his work in The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, That Certain Summer, Baxter and 79 Park Avenue. Uh, He is also a one-time Emmy winner uh, for his supporting uh, role in That Certain Summer. Hmm. Uh, uh, Lorraine is played by Rosalind Cash. Uh, known for her work in The Omega Man, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Fifth Dimension, Tales from the Hood, and Uptown Saturday Night. Also appeared in uh, General Hospital for 30 episodes as Mary Mae Ward. Uh, And is a, technically is a one-time Emmy nominee. It's a daytime Emmy, so we don't fully count it. It's like a half Emmy. Uh, for supporting actress appearance in General Hospital in 1963. Um, let's see. Greta is played by Virginia Capers, known for her appearances in such classics of cinema as Howard the Duck, uh, also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Big Jake and the Toy. Hmm. Uh... Let's see who's next. Trudy uh, was played by Lynn Hamilton, known for, well, this is one of her top credits. Uh, So known other than this for Sanford and Son, Shadows, Port Charles, and uh, she appears on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. She plays Wanda's mom for one episode, so that's her. Uh, Libby is played by Montrose Haggins pagans something like that known for uh, say anything coming to America critters and bringing down the house last but not least the justice of the peace I think that's the guy that's like officiating the wedding or whatever yes, uh-huh. is played by Hartley Silver uh, known for his work on every which way but loose Ooh. Lois and Clark the New Adventures of Superman. Stewardess School, and Back to the Beach. Uh, so, he will also appear uh, in... Well, let me check before I say this definitively here. Um, he will... Uh, where is it? Golden Girls. Um, ah, okay. He will not appear again in the Golden Girls, but he does appear in the spin-off show, The Golden Palace. He will be in the episode Rose and Fern... In the role of man number one. Uh, so... Okay. One new sex partner established in this episode, an unnamed black man for Blanche. So our tally now stands Blanche, 52, Dorothy, 6, Rose, 5, and Sophia,
1: 2. Oh. Okay. My only observation... or I, I guess I should... Mostly.
0: I guess I could say this, too. So, okay. um... The main, like, conflict of this episode, I don't really get. This could just be me. Like, I, I don't get the conflict here. I don't get why it's a conflict. Uh, some people don't
1: want their kids to marry someone that's so much older, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't uh, get it as a conflict. I. I
1: people are that way. Uh It didn't seem like they were worried about the races, uh, you know, the black or white. Well, Dorothy
0: wasn't, but it seemed Dorothy wasn't.
1: They just don't, Mm -hmm. some people just don't want a 45-year-old or so marrying a 20-year-old. That's, I don't know. Okay. Uh, My observation in this one. Uh, the kitchen observation first. There's a double tablecloth again. We got a small teal one on top, and a blue one on the bottom. Now, my observation of keen interest on this one. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Keen interest, uh-huh. In just the last episode before this one, Blanche claimed she had read an article that stated a woman is at her sexual peak at the age of 33. That's because Sophia thought the article said 83 and she was Mm -hmm. very excited about that. And Blanche says, no, it said 33. In this episode, she says, the peak is when the woman is in her 40s. I mean, it's only been one episode and... Well,
0: that's the thing that, you know, I hear... Every now and then, from, from Dan Savage, is that, you know, a woman's sexual peak or whatever is her 40s and a man, man's is his 20s. Well, that is what I true. hear Dan Savage say every now and then. So
1: You wouldn't think she would change her mind in one episode, but. Well. Uh, at least the last one, she was quoting an article. And right. This one, she's just doing it off the top of her head, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, that's all I had for this one. My episode counts. There is obviously one wedding. There's a one St. Olaf story. There's a cheesecake eaten. And that is it. These girls are not mad at each other. They're mad at another set of women, but not themselves. So we have now six weddings, or planned weddings. Eight physical abuses arose. 21 St. Olaf stories. 16 picture-it stories. 11 cheesecakes eaten, seven Sicily Italian stories, 28 Sicily Italian references. The girls mad at each other, not best friends, etc, 14 times, 19 sports, and 24 games, 8 Stanley's Zabornak appearances. My rating for this one I thought this was a good all-around episode. But Sophia was missing for most of it, but when she was there, she really made a splash on this episode. So my rating is 85 out of 100.
0: Well, will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. The Golden Girls, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.